you know that I know a Muppet puppeteer? What? Oh, puppeteer. Okay. <laughs> Did I you know, know, a I know a Muppet? <laughs> Which puppeteer do you know? I have to ask her what exactly she did, but her name's Mary Robinette Kowal. You don't know? That's the only thing I would know. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I did see how Big Bird is controlled by one person. It's pretty yeah. fascinating. One hand is the mouth, the other hand controls both hands. Wow. But what about scenes where he's like on his feet? Yeah, they're, they're, well, then they're just walking. He's just walking. <laughs> okay, it's like this. Is how <laughs> that was a dumb question. This is a good. This is a good uh, demonstration for the. <laughs> yeah. All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunny podcast. <laughs> We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunny morning. This is Patrick Nazaroff. With me, as always, Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? And Elise McCarter. Still here. Still pretty successful. Did you know there yes. are. No. <laughs> 12 Beyond Sundays out there that we are one of 12. No, 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 no. We are. We are the Beyond right. Sunday. I know. When we started, there was one other. It was a Beyond Sunday worship podcast. Mm-hmm. And then they don't produce anymore. They've oh, had they've had two lasted. since last April. Are they still one of the 12? I consider them one of the 12. We'll call them Judas. And then the other <laughs> the other 10, because we're one of the 12 too, right. all happened after us. So mm. we were there and then they saw us as a podcast. I'm yeah. like, copycat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have disciples, is what you're saying. We're the OG. We are the OG. We have, we are the Dr. Pepper. They are the Dr. Thunder. uh, (laughs) Dr. Thunder? Of podcasts. What is Dr. Thunder? Dr. Thunder is like the Sam's Club version of of Dr. (laughs) Pepper. No, no thank you. Exactly. What's the one from uh, H-E-B's? It's not bad, but uh, there's his... That's probably like Dr. B. It might be Dr. B. Dr. B. Mr. Pibb. Yeah. I only know Dr. Dre. Did you know that uh, Oreo is actually a knockoff of the other cookie, uh, Hydrox? Really? Oreo is the knockoff of Hydrox. Yeah. Hydrox. I think it's Hydrox. Maybe it's Hydrox. No, Hydra- Hydrox is one that they make fun of in another episode. Yeah, it's like a Hydrox is a knockoff of Hydrox, but okay. Oreo came after Hydrox. Interesting. Yeah. Just stuck, huh? Yeah. These, so, are, these are the things I bring to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's pretty tough because we were like, we want a podcast name that stands alone. And now there's 12 of us. Right. Well, you know. All those copycats. Nothing new there. under the sun. Yeah. Jerks. We should, we should write them all a letter. Yeah. So, so <laughs> if, <Math> assist. <laughs> <laughs> so if you tell your friends they should listen to Beyond Sunday, you got to be specific. Yeah. You know, we should specify. We're the one that has a little like road as, <laughs> as our background. Yeah. In the photo. Yeah. So. We're also the one that you can find at beyondsundaypodcast.com. There you go. Mm-hmm. Zing. Yeah. Nobody else has that. Okay. Beyond um, Sunday Podcast one. Beyond <laughs> Sunday Podcasts. The real Beyond Sunday <laughs> Podcast. That's how you know you've made it. With the real Beyond Sunday. Stuff like but, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, time for some news here. All right. Um, it's time for some good news. I feel like, right? Sure, like it's let's been do a, it. it's been a tough life. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So, how long has it been now? <laughs> yeah. What do we got? So good news let's for have us here, Patrick. Some good news. <laughs> if you're sad, get a cookie. Sure. How U.S. school kids launched a hotline to to spread joy. Uh Wait a minute. There's a hotline for cookies? A hotline to spread joy. Last month, a group of California elementary school students launched a free hotline featuring on-demand inspiration and advice for anxious souls. Okay. With joy and short supply these days, the tiny schools... The school is tiny. Uh, (laughs) Project has gone value. uh, Has gone viral, receiving thousands of calls hourly. Wow. Okay. So you call this number, and a cheerful voice is going to tell you, if you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press one. If you need words of encouragement and life advice, press two. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press three. And if you'd like to hear kids laughing with delight, press four. Is there like an all of the above option? That last one sounds creepy. 
<laughs> yeah. Something about like I'm calling in just to lessen the kids' laugh and delight. Like it's just, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, I don't like it. Hmm. But I could take a pep talk from a kindergartner. I know that. I feel like that's very cute. Go get it. It is cute. I have called it. You You're the best. The pep talk for the kindergartners actually, it's just like they chant two things in unison and then that's it. Oh. It's well, really... I mean, they're kindergartners. What else are they going to do? So it's not like a live kindergartner? It's not a live kindergartner. Okay. Gonna say, it's either gonna that is probably a good thing, for amazing. unfortunately, for the world. Right. Because... It's either amazing or it's the most backhanded thing you've ever heard in your right. life, yeah. right? Yeah. Because uh, also, you know, you can get like, if you... You don't want people calling in to talk to a live kindergartner, whatever true. they want. Yeah, sure. we can't There's have some nice things. Out there. Yeah. yeah, we cannot have yeah. nice things. That's true. All right. Uh, here's some advice that kids will give you. Okay. If you're nervous, go get your wallet and spend it on ice cream and shoes. Ooh, I like that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good I advice. already do that, so. <laughs> if you're frustrated, you could always go to your bedroom, punch a pillow or cry on it, and just go scream outside. Truth. Yeah. If you're mad or frustrated, you can do what you want to do best, or you can do flips on a trampoline. This is good advice. I'm getting to an age where I should no longer be doing flips on a trampoline. Right. Yeah, that's you, well, I can do the flip on the trampoline. I just have to schedule an appointment right, with right, the chiropractor. Yeah. I can yeah. do it. Yeah. Should I be doing it? Right. Or here's some other advice. Mm-hmm. You are okay. Uh-huh. Don't give up. Power through. The world is a better place with you in it. Choose to be weird. Choose to be weird. Or, you know, some cognitive-based therapy approach. Here you go. If you're feeling up high and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Makes sense. That's what I do. Right? <laughs> now I'm gonna. <laughs> I don't even st- understand how I'd feel up high and unbalanced. I don't even understand that part of the problem, let alone how I think about groundhogs. Right. Anyway. All right. Hmm. Well, this is uh, this project envisioned by Jessica Martin and Ashira Weiss, who teach art at Westside Union Elementary School. Uh, they want to do a pro- art teachers who thought of this. yeah. They want to do a project that was going to be simple enough to do and call on kids to think about what they wanted to say to the world and uplift other people. A massive hotline was simple enough to do. Well, they and I have very different <coughs> understandings of what simple it is. has become a massive outline. This was not the intent. Oh, okay. The intent was probably just like their parents or okay. maybe some yeah. other teachers would call in. But it has since gone viral. And now they get thousands of calls a day to their number. Okay. Yeah. That's cute. Is uh, their number equipped to handle thousands of calls well, a day? You can, we can call right in just a second. Uh, Let's not th- do that. They gave the kids a simple prompt. We said, it's it's been a rough few years. You kids are incredibly resilient. And they found all kinds of ways to, sell, you, to stay joyful. See, this is a great good news story. And you're just pooping all over I it. I am. You kind of are, yeah. I'm fine with And it. there's no reason to. This is children offering good things in the world. You hate children. I don't hate children. And Pastor David is like, Usually it's me that hates children. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> hating children. Nice I'm just change. bringing a dose of reality back uh-huh. to our little uh-huh. cloud fest. Look, I want to hear the groundhog. I'm up high and confused, so I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Think of the groundhogs. I don't want to think about it. All right, I'm going to call it, and I'll edit out kind of the some of the... the we're, we're actually doing this? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Here we go. This is great. Be happy. Try it again. Believe in yourself. Just keep listening to all of them. There was. There you go. All right, that's a good. That's a good sampling, I think. Of that was sweet. Yeah, that's really sweet. Adorable. Yes. Yeah, isn't um, that lovely. I know. You are still like you're mad about it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Angry eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. So My what's eyebrows the, say it all. Um, <laughs> uh, they th- they they went into this thinking the kids would be excited to hear a hundred people had called in in a month. Sure. Uh, but two days later they were getting five hundred an hour. Oh my and gosh. As of time of writing, they're getting nine thousand an hour. That's special. Yeah. I might cry. I you know. Got little tears. <laughs> I think it's really sweet. Yeah. Cool. Onward we go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All so right. There you go. So uh, 
I, I won't say the number here because you're on you're probably driving or you're listening. But if you would like to listen to more Kid Pep Talk, just Google Kid Pep Talk. Wait, so you can't give them a phone number, but you can tell them to Google things while they're driving? Is that well, because you'll do that later. They're not going to remember a, uh, a 10-digit phone number right now. You guys don't remember 10-digit phone numbers? Remember once upon a time when we had to remember 10-digit phone numbers? Those were the days. None yeah. of us have used our brains for that in like 20 years. <laughs> That's so. a shame. I still remember my home phone number. Like my, you, my growing up home phone number. Yeah. And my grandparents' phone number. I remember that one. Mm, I don't remember yeah. that one. Or if you're having a bad day, just go buy yourself an ice cream. Sure. It's okay. We at Beyond Sunday give you, give you... Buy per- us an ice cream. Give you permission to go buy yourself an ice cream You're having a bad day, send some ice cream to Beyond Sunday. Yeah. The OG Beyond Sunday. Don't send it to one of those imposters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Only us. All right. So we are back in the Bible. Uh, we missed last month. We That's had some reason. pressing is- issues in our world to kind of say, let's miss. Mm-hmm. But now we're back in the Bible uh, to continue through the Gospels. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Gospel of Luke. All right. All right. Uh, so um, a couple months ago, when we kind of talked about the intros to the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Lisa and I both mentioned this is our favorite. You did. And there you go. After doing my research... I don't even know why I'm here. Still That's remains. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> You're good. I've you not been just, swayed. You guys just have your little friend podcast and I'll go That's right. call some kids for some encouragement <laughs> or something. You probably won't because you're anti-kid right. encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to hear kids say sweet things. I'll get encouragement the old-fashioned way. Buying myself <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> sure. All right. So Luke is actually part of two books. So this is part one yeah. of Luke's message. The prequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not a prequel. It's, it's written first. But right. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's not how prequels work. This is the original. Uh, and this concludes with the book of Acts. Yeah. And we don't get those things back to back for whatever reason. <laughs> Who knows? Whenever they compiled the book of Luke, they have book of Luke, right. then John, and then back into Luke's I testimony. Think, I think here. it's mostly because Matthew, Mark, and Luke are considered the synoptic, right? They share yes. a lot of materials. So I think they kept those three together. And they're yeah. like, oh, we got to put John in there somewhere. So they put John in. And they're like, oh, well. Here's this book of Acts. I guess we should put this yeah. after John. <laughs> I yeah. think it's because of the names. I think it's like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, because it would have been weird to put Acts and then another first name. I don't think it's that weird, yeah. except because you think like because we've heard it this way for two thousand years. Now we think it's weird for sure. Yeah, but anyway, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Acts, John. Like that's not any weirder than romans first corinthians second corinthians like probably what it was was a committee meeting that had gone it on probably for was, three yeah. and a half hours it definitely was like, put John in there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the people who really cared were just done at yeah. that yeah. point so yeah. they're like Ugh, whatever I'll um, sign i need to go buy ice cream so yeah. like yes um so luke is a traveling companion of the apostle paul mm-hmm. uh pr- probably a doctor we don't really know a physician of sorts yeah had <laughs> medical knowledge of yeah. the day, <laughs> he also wasn't performing open heart surgeries or anything. Yeah, also That's had for the best. Also had some knowledge of the law. He's an educated yeah. person. Luke yeah. is definitely a very smart person of of his time. Uh, these types of things, and he kind of highlights in the very beginning. This is why I'm writing this. Yep. I am writing this. He has been commissioned to write the book of Luke, mm-hmm. and he's going and interviewing people and kind of writing down their stories and saying, "This is kind of uh, this is about." And he's saying, "I'm writing this so that you may know about Jesus," kind of yeah. thing, like. And Very he says, clear. Other people have written it, but I'm going to write the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, Luke has an introduction. Uh, this will parallel the birth stories of John the Baptist and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so the both are highlighting that they're prophe- these are fulfilled births based on prophecy in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, they both 
have parents who give poems of celebration uh, when their kids are born. Yay. Um, and the highlight, I think, John is going to be the prophetic messenger who's preparing the way. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the messianic king who's going to bring God's reign and blessing to Israel and beyond. Ta-da. And this is kind of like, this is the Christmas story and the John the Baptist story kind of yep. all right there. Jesus's childhood, which we don't really get anything. We get one bit yeah. in Luke where Jesus is like a... Wanders away from his parents. Wa- yeah. Leaves home, goes to the temple. Yeah. Doesn't we, even leave home. Just like stays after yeah. they've, like they went on a family vacation. It's so like, I'm good here. It's yes. fine. <laughs> yeah, they went on vacation. He stayed. Yeah. And they were coming back and they're like, oh no. Uh-oh. Home alone situation. <laughs> we got to get back. So if you ever left your kid somewhere, hey. Don't worry. He could be Jesus. Jesus was <laughs> left somewhere too. Jesus yeah. gets it. All right. All right. And then we're going to jump into the fast forward into Jesus's life, into the mission of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we're jumping, you know, big jump from birth. Again, we get that one story as childhood and then he's in a... He's an adult. Yeah. Uh, we start with Jesus is baptized. Yeah. Uh, God is going to say, Jesus, the beloved, son, he's the beloved son of God. Listen to him. It's really powerful this moment and baptize this connection between Jesus and John the Baptist. And then we jump into the genealogy of Jesus from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Matthew starts his book with the, the genealogy of Jesus. At least Luke has the foresight as an author to say like let's get into the story and then put let's this in a little let's give you a yeah, chance right. yeah let's mm-hmm. get you into no this. info dumping up front yeah and then jesus is going to highlight that jesus is connected to david who's connected to abraham who's connected to adam uh boom 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 and it's kind of this idea uh, that luke is kind of highlighting jesus is that messianic king prophesied by david Mm-hmm. connected to Abraham, the father of Israel. He's kind of here to do all this for Israel and all the way back to Adam to suggest, but it doesn't stop with just Israel. It's bigger than that. It's all of humanity uh, is kind of brought into what Jesus is doing. And then Jesus goes back to Nazareth and he reads from the scroll of Isaiah. And I think this is kind of like going to be setting kind of the the tone for Jesus's ministry and how he operates according to Luke. Mm-hmm. You're looking stuff up here? No, it was for later. Don't okay. <laughs> All right. So Jesus reads from Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He is a, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Boom. So this is, and this is kind of the, um, yeah, again, this is Luke's highlighting. This is the verse. That is high, that is going to set up yeah. Jesus's ministry. Well, and Jesus says after this, right? He sits down and he says to the people who are there, uh, "Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." And they're like, "Ooh!" <laughs> like he's not just reading this for funsies. Right. This is like, <laughs> lofty claims. Yeah. <laughs> stuff happening. Very lofty. Yeah. Yeah. A I, few verses later, they will try to push him off the side of a hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he so, walks right through. Right. Like so he's do. good. Um, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to think about the groundhogs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> think about the groundhogs. <laughs> yes. So. Um, so all the gospels will highlight Jesus as messianic king. This is nothing new. Um, what I think sets Luke a little bit apart from the other gospels is he will spend more time or highlighting kind of the social implications to Jesus is messianic king. Mm. So he mm-hmm. wants to highlight all these other things that are attached to Jesus is king. So what does that mean for good news to the poor? 
What does that mean for uh, proclaim freedom for prisoners? What does that mean to recover the, the side of the blind, to set the oppressed and to set the oppressed free? This is kind of the special message that Luke wants to really highlight is kind of the social implications mm-hmm. of the gospel. Um, and so when we hear to set the oppressed free, this is kind of the, again, part of that highlight of this is what Jesus is all about. It's not just about like a breaking of bondage or chains. It is about kind of the release of whatever is holding back people in society. Right. Yeah. And when we hear it's for the poor, it's not just about those who are, who don't, who lack material wealth. It's something bigger. It's kind of about all those who are on the outsides looking in. Uh, anyone who is marginalized by society, so whether that is women, widows, children, orphans, other ethnic groups, mm-hmm. the sick, um, those are on the outside looking in in Jewish culture. And so Jesus is having a special relationship with those on the outside. Yeah. I think you know Luke also makes a particular point that it is actually about the poor too sure it's not just about right. those right. Who are poor though. yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah but so you know if we look at luke's version of the beatitudes versus matthew right matthew says blessed are the poor in spirit and luke leaves it at blessed are the poor, poor like yeah. stop giving yourself an out of like oh poor in spirit i'm like no the poor the, right. the those who are we actually need you to do nice things with right. your money yeah. Yeah. yeah yes so so again this is kind of the the manifesto of jesus this mm-hmm. is what it's going to look like and then we dive into luke his stories to highlight this is what it looks like. So, um, so the, the first we have an introduction, and then we have a large portion of of Jesus highlighting his mission. Mm-hmm. All right, so groups of stories highlighting what what does good news for the poor look like. So we're gonna have heal the afflicted. Cool. We're gonna welcome in a tax collector as Hooray. one of the disciples right away. Just Zacchaeus. Saying, nope. Was a wee little man. I mean, he was, but man. that's not the story we're talking was about. He? <laughs> <laughs> Levi, the tax yeah. collector, according to Luke. Yeah, all the same. Matthew, according nope, to Matthew, not all the same. <laughs> <laughs> And we're going, to, we're going to restore and forgive a prostitute right sure. away. Boom, boom, boom. Three stories just to highlight those are people on the outside. We're bringing them in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesus is, we're expanding the circle of those that get invited to be a part of the kingdom of God. Um, and guess what? Making people mad. The people do not like this. <laughs> Some of the people don't like this. Well, the people who are already in the circle, they don't like it. They are not a fan because... I don't really want my circle to get bigger. Yeah. My circle seems pretty good. I like my circle. Because I'm in in it and and there are those who are not. Uh Right. And so it's easy to kind of say, I'm blessed. Those are not. That's pretty easy. Uh, And then all this, Jesus is saying, we're forming a new Israel. What? And just like the old Israel had 12 tribes, mm-hmm. we have 12 disciples. Ah, Here's perfect. 12 people. We hear these things. And then Jesus jumps into what his ver- the Sermon on the Plain, according to Luke, yeah. which is very similar to the Sermon on the Mount. Right. So mm-hmm. is this the same sermon or is Jesus like... Greatest hits. Or is, does, yeah, does Jesus... He's, he's a traveling pastor. Yeah. He's got one sermon he kind of <laughs> gives to you know multiple groups of people. I mean, I'm guessing he's got more than one, but this was, you know... yeah. Or he's, he's really kind of like drawing from kind of the same inspiration. Sure. Uh, we don't know. You know, maybe maybe it's the exact same sermon. Luke is just like, you know, the person he talked to remembered it as a plain and not a yeah. mountain. You it know, doesn't really matter. I've heard that like uh, Martin Luther King had given the I Have a Dream speech other places before D.C. Yeah. But, you know, we all remember it as D.C., but someone could have easily heard it and well, like say those to, things like, somewhere else. We probably have to warm it up a little bit, you know, yeah. give a test run. Easy like, do it. Most like amazing moments I don't think happen as a one-off. Sure. Oh, sure. So. That's, a, yeah. that's a theory. Yeah. Yeah. So in this sermon, Jesus is going to tell everybody, hey, God's love reverses all of our va- value systems. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the people of this new Israel are going to be built on radical generosity. Okay. Uh, they're going to let be led through peacemaking and forgiveness. Yeah. And they're going to be deeply pious, but they reject all forms of religious hypocrisy. Ooh. Oh, sounds tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fine line there. Here we are, two thousand years later. <laughs> right. Still haven't and, got it. And we're still figuring all these things out. Mm-hmm. So, what does this look like? Yeah. So. There, now we have a, a sizable resistance to this new kingdom, this new Israel forming. People like Jesus when he's just healing some people oh, yeah. and he comes to the town. We heal a bunch of people. They like that. They are less on board with this. Wait a second. I have to practice radical generosity. Mm-hmm. I have to form deeply pious and devout beliefs and actions without that hypocrisy or without the gatekeeping that attached to it. Like, I, don't, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. No, no. Let's just heal some oh, people no. and then move to the next town, Jesus. But let's save this message for somebody else. Um, Jesus is going to respond to this resistance that he is the messianic king, but that kingdom is is brought into this world through his death. And so the, even the disciples at this point are like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. This does not make any sense. I have no understanding of how this is going to work. They are completely clueless, even though Jesus is explicitly telling them, this is what it's going to look like. This is how this kingdom of God is fully realized. It's come through my death. And they're like, no, that doesn't sound right. Because they want a king with a sword, not mm-hmm. a king on a cross. Highlighting, or this culminates in the transfiguration uh, where Jesus goes up on a mountain, shows his glory to a handful of disciples. We get Moses, we get Elijah, and we kind of get this imagery that Jesus is going to be like a new Moses leading a new Exodus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a new freedom for people is going to be coming through Jesus in this special way. All right, and that is like kind of the first half of the book of Luke. Boom. All right, any thoughts before we kind of jump into the second half of the book of Luke? I always go first, so I was trying to <laughs> so make sure there was room. Stare yeah. off on this. Yeah. I think the thing <clears throat> that I love the most about Luke is it really feels sort of like the people's gospel to an extent. You know, it, yeah. wasn't that like, a wrestler's thing? The, sure, I'm the people's champ. Yeah, the people's <laughs> champion. Who was that? Was it? Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I think Patrick knows, but doesn't want right, to admit it. That's right. <laughs> if I had to talk about the Twiddle Bugs being my favorite <laughs> puppet, then you can talk about your wrestling knowledge. They're Muppets. <laughs> whatever um anyway i feel like all the other gospel authors have like a very specific audience right it's like the skeptical jew or you know somebody who has grown up reading the torah or whatever Mm -hmm. um but luke to me just feels like it's for everybody else Hmm. which i really appreciate Hmm. yeah i love luke too it's really great but let's get into the second half, unless you have right. something. No, we're good. Let's keep rolling. All right. So the second half is going to be marked by this journey to Jerusalem. So again, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to die. We had the transfiguration, and mm-hmm. now we're kind of marching towards Jerusalem, yeah. uh, where everything is going to kind of culminate all at once. And so this second half of, of Luke is mainly going to be filled with Jesus's teachings and parables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of parables in kind of the second half of Luke. And if you're like, hey, which is the book of the Bible that has the parables, it's Luke. Luke is <laughs> yeah. basically all of them, yeah. you know, and um, we're going to, if you're 
thinking of a parable, it's probably Luke. So yeah. he's got all of them. And he's got some that Matthew and Mark don't have. I mean, everybody, Matthew and Mark have a few that Luke does not have, but Luke has the majority I, of I was, them. I was actually trying to think about this. It's our conversation off air. I'm not sure that there's one in Matthew and Mark that's not in Luke. In some capacity. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd have to go back and you know research that for sure. Yeah. Luke definitely has the most. He makes explicit use of, of parables throughout the throughout the book. Yeah. Um, but I think all the ones that are in Matthew and Mark are also in Luke. And then Luke has additional, I yeah. think. Maybe I don't know. I can't. I'm not going to bother thinking of this right now. But yeah, yeah it's probably it's probably true. Uh, and at the end of this, we'll highlight some of how Jesus uses parables as teaching. Yeah. Since this is a big big thing for how Jesus operates in this mm-hmm. world through mm-hmm. the teaching of parables. All right. So Jesus is going to be highlighting two for his disciples. Hey, following Jesus is this is like a journey, like our journey to Jerusalem. This is what it means to be Christian. You're also on a journey. Uh, sometimes you're going to learn as you go. Mm-hmm. We're sending out the disciples to learn as they go, to figure things some things out. Um, and being a disciple of Jesus is participating in Jesus' mission and making it your own. And since they're on this journey, it's also highlighting being a disciple of Jesus is free from materialism and wealth. Uh, that it's le- leaving behind those desires to embark on something different. Um, and that's it. Uh, and this probably Luke 15 is going to be kind of the highlight in the sense of this one where Jesus gives three parables, the parable of the lost sheep, parable of the lost coin and parable of the prodigal son. Um, and I think we've talked about this parable of the prodigal son, I think is the best part of the Bible uh, <laughs> and best is subjective. Right. But I think if the Bible is, a, is like um, is, is like a lake and through the lake, we see the how God operates, like it's underneath the water. Does that make sense? Okay. So some, God, God operates like the city of Atlantis. Like, sure. Okay. And some cool. parts of the lake, or some parts reading through the Bible is like murky and dim. And I think you can barely see through, like you could barely understand how God is operating. Like if you put your hand in after like an inch or two, you would lose sight of it. Like it's like Galveston. Okay. <laughs> okay, which is not well, a lake, but okay. But yeah. you know the water. Yeah. You get it. Um, but the, but I think the prodigal son uh, story is like the crystal clear part of the Bible where you look in and you see everything. Like it's like everything is highlighted. You get to see like down like a million feet into like this is what God is doing in this world. This is how God operates. This is what God is all about. Like you're just in, like seeing the magnitude of how God is operating. So for me, it's like the clearest image we see of God and his people is through the parable of the prodigal son. Did you just come up with that uh, analogy? No. No. Okay. It was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Working on it, yeah. yeah. I'd never heard of that one, so I didn't know if that was one you just uh, developed right here. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the parable of the prodigal son. Sure. You just preached on it. I did. You did. Yes. <laughs> well, as of this, yeah, a while ago, but yeah. Well, when this comes out, it would have been two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. 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 It's a good one. It's, it is a very good one. It's uh, uh, inappropriately titled The Prodigal Son because the truth is it's the prodigal sons. They're both lost. Yeah. Or, um, you know, Tim Keller has written extensively mm-hmm. about this. He calls it prodigal God. Mm-hmm. Um, that the prodigal means like free spending and mm-hmm. kind of lavish. And he's saying the father is the free spending and lavish mm-hmm. one who's mm-hmm. like pouring that out on the son. Um, so it's not just like, Free spending and lavish is not just like sin. It's like the love that God gives is free sure, spending and lavish. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful parable. Should we do a quick synopsis? Yeah. Why don't you go for it? Sure. So man has two sons. Younger son says, hey, dad, I want my share of the inheritance. Dad says, okay. Uh, son takes that share of the inheritance, goes off, uh, wastes all his money. Uh, there's a famine that hits the land. 
and he's uh, starving and uh, trying to feed or trying to eat the food that he's feeding to pigs uh, and says oh this is silly uh, why don't I uh, go back and ask my father for forgiveness and uh, confess that I've screwed up and maybe I'll be able to be one of his hired hands so he goes back home and before he even gets home his dad runs out to greet him and the son uh, begins his prepared speech of an apology and the father basically cuts him off and gives him all of the status and everything that he had lost back by putting a robe and a ring on him and all that stuff yeah throws a big party uh, while the party's happening the older brother who had been there this whole time you forgot about him but he was there from the very beginning uh, he comes in from the fields and is unimpressed with the fact that this son who wasted everything on i think he uh he, that's where we get the idea that he wasted on prostitutes i think that comes from the older brother uh he wasted all his money what are we doing so dad comes out to talk to the older son uh, the older son's all grumpy and stuff and the dad's like listen you know everything that i have has always been yours uh, but we have to rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again yeah and that's where mm-hmm. the barrel ends yeah it just ends we we don't know what happens with the older son we don't does he get on board yeah you know, kind of leaves it up to the reader imagination yep yeah yeah again i think it's super powerful super memorable for for me if you've grown up if you're a sunday school kid you probably have heard this parable of the prodigal son yeah um and if you're not luke 15 Check it out. Give it a read. It's, yeah. I think it's really beautiful. It's actually, it's the like it's the culminating parable of three parables that are tro- told in succession yeah. all about this idea of people being lost and why mm-hmm. Jesus is hanging out with sinners as opposed to the righteous people. Right. Yeah. So now we jump into Holy Week mm-hmm. uh, where we've been journeying to Jerusalem and we're here. It's all right. time to, to come into <laughs> Jerusalem to figure things, some things out. The resistance has been ramping up against Jesus, um, and here it's all coming to a head. Yeah, uh, we kind of get. If you're reading, it's hard because like we already know always how like the story ends. Like it's hard to ever like jump in like read the Bible through fresh eyes, kind of a thing. But at this point in Luke's gospel, we could kind of see that like something is happening, right? Like. That whatever's whatever's going on between Luke and the religious leaders, it's going to culminate right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus enters Jerusalem uh, weeping on a donkey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Luke is the only version that he's weeping in. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And the the people are hailing him as king and really excited that Jesus mm-hmm. is here in Jerusalem. This is a big deal. Jerusalem's the capital of, of Israel. It's like the big city. Uh, so they're really excited. Finally, Jesus is here. We've heard about yep. this Jesus, and he's here. And Luke every- is also the only one that doesn't say Hosanna. Yeah. They don't say Maybe. Hosanna when he comes in. What do they say? Uh, blessed is the king who comes in the name of David, I believe. Okay. But I have to go back and look for sure. But Yeah, so they're very clear. Jesus is the king. Yep. This is it. We are finally, the king has finally arrived. Yep. The king is back. They're excited. Um, and the religious leader is like, no, 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 no. This dude's a troublemaker. Yeah. This is not okay. You don't get to walk into the city and then be cheered as a king. That's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Because the Romans, they're not going to like that. No. And they're going to come down and they're going to destroy us all. There's one thing Rome does not like. It's other people claiming to be king. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You know. Uh, But highlighting Jesus is king is not just a religious uh, thing. It is a a political one. It is an act of rebellion and and treason for the Roman Empire. And so they're like, we got to get rid of this Jesus. Right. Better him than all of us. Yep. Uh, and so they're, this is kind of how they're phrasing it to one another and how they're kind of selling it that we'd better Jesus than, than the rest of us. Right. Yep. Um, and they also don't like Jesus. So right. Like, it's a win-win for them. Right. Yeah. 
it is really interesting to me like the imagery that we already have for like the scapegoat right and like the yeah. sacrificial lamb because that we've seen in the old testament first like the one sacrifice carrying for many and then they're doing this now with jesus unintentionally obviously to say you know we're gonna put our sins on him basically he's mm -hmm. gonna take the fall for it and yeah. they mean it maliciously whereas jesus is entering into that openly yeah, yeah for sure yeah it's really powerful and so jesus is here we're gonna enter the 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 temple drive out all the money changers make that whip and really say no 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 this is not it's happening the best part of the bible yeah <laughs> not on board while there he's like hey guess what this temple right here it's about to be destroyed yep uh -huh. you think you're gonna save it by uh by submitting to the romans you're not it's no. about to be destroyed yeah, it's yeah. Going down torn down and rebuilt timber. in three days yeah yeah and, then and all like, of them are like it took like 40 years to build this. Right. Like you can, we're not going to rebuild this in right. three days. Yeah. And Jesus is like, oh, just you wait. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how this works. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Then we celebrate the Passover meal mm -hmm. uh, with his disciples, what we would call the Last Supper. Mm -hmm. um, and again, kind of re-highlighting that Jesus is like a new Moses with a new Passover and a new Exodus, except this time, instead of the sacrificial lamb placed on the blood, th that blood saving Israel, there's a new sacrificial lamb and that blood is going to save Israel uh, or save not yep. just Israel, but save humanity. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're highlighting all these things and then Jesus is arrested and goes to trial. And Luke makes special concern to highlight that Jesus is innocent. Uh, yeah. In fact, he'll go to Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate three times is going to be like, no, you're innocent. Yeah. In Luke's gospel, we also get Jesus goes to Herod. Mm -hmm. um, so Herod is kind of like the next one up in the kind of Roman government. Pontius mm -hmm. Pilate, what do you, how would we kind of say this in modern terms? Well, so I don't know that Herod is the next one up. Herod rules over a different area. Yeah. So Herod is the, is the ruler leader over Galilee, which is where Jesus would have been okay. his home, right? So Pilate's whole reason for sending him to Herod is like, oh, well, this is actually Herod's jurisdiction because this guy is from Galilee. Mm -hmm. And Herod happened to be in Jerusalem probably for the Passover feast is what we're guessing. Okay. Um, Pilate would have been the, the Roman governor, consul, whatever you want to say, but he would have been the one in charge over Jerusalem and southern, what we would now consider to be like southern Israel, Judea kind of area. Okay. So Herod also was like, no, this guy's, I got nothing against him. He, yeah, he. I mean, Herod really doesn't make a distinction one way or the other. He doesn't want him, he doesn't say he's going to be killed. He just sends him back to Pilate. Yeah. He's like, mm, this is Pilate's problem. Yeah. yeah, so they're trying to. Jesus refuses to do any signs for Herod, which was a big deal. Yeah. And then, or Herod's like, yeah, get this guy out of right. here. Send him back to Pilate. Yeah, so they are both like, I don't think that this guy should die, but... Everybody wants this to happen, it feels like. Yeah. And I'm not really going to risk my neck to like try to save him in a right. sense. Because neither one of these guys are people who are averse to killing people, whether or not there's a reason to. I mean, yeah. Herod has previously had John the Baptist beheaded because mm -hmm. his daughter said, mm, this is what I want as a reward for this dance I did at the party. Like, he's cool with killing people. That's not the problem here. But yeah. for whatever reason, he pushes him back to Pilate and yeah. Pilate makes the decision. Yeah, so Jesus will be sentenced to death at the hands of the Romans. Uh, and even during his painful and humiliating death on the cross, Jesus offers forgiveness and comfort to those around him. Mm -hmm. uh, here we'll have kind of the famous section where Jesus tells the criminal that he will be with him in paradise. Mm -hmm. Jesus is going to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Yep. These are kind of two of the really big highlights that Luke wants to kind of say, like, even then, Jesus is comforting others while he's being tortured yep you know so that's pretty powerful uh jesus dies gets buried in a, in a tomb and then three days later the tomb is empty 
What? Yeah, we have some uh, people show up. Jesus is alive. The angels tell them that women at the tomb, he's no longer here. Mm-hmm. He's alive. The disciples are amazed and saying, I don't understand what's happening. Um, and then we get to a few stories of Jesus appearing to people um, kind of after he is risen. Uh, I think the most interesting is kind of these two guys on the road to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. Jesus shows up and they walk together. They're talking. Jesus is like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, geez, it's been amazing. Like we had this Jesus guy. He was awesome. He died. I don't get it. We're basically going back home Mm because we're like, I don't know what to do anymore. Mm -hmm. We kind of like left our homes for the last three years. And I guess let's go back. (laughs) Um, They do not recognize him as Jesus. Something about this process. They're like, they do not see this person talking to them as Jesus. Then Jesus is like, great, let's share a meal. He breaks bread and they're like, this is Jesus. <laughs> it, whatever, that act yeah. of breaking the bread, they're like, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. Jesus disappears and they run back to tell the yeah. disciples. These are two unnamed disciples. I think they're named, but they're not one of the, the 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. They're just two guys. Yeah, kind of reminding us that um, the call of, of kind of the Christian is to submit to Jesus, understand, share in that brokenness and self-sacrifice. Then that's how we tap into that under un, upside down kingdom and really see Jesus. That it's not just an academic pursuit, but it's a, it's a calling to be a part of it. Um, and I think that that's what Jesus is reminding us and through his kind of death. Um, Jesus appears again to his disciples. They share a meal. He tells the disciples, hey, this was all part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. This was all. This is always going to happen. This is not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, guess what? The kingdom of Jesus is not going to be confined here to Jerusalem. It's moving outward. And you guys and women, usually we kind of say guys because it's like the 12 disciples, but there's women there too. Um, very importantly. Yep. Very, yeah. You're going to spread that message. And you're going to keep it going. But don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Okay. And then... It's over. And then we get into the book of Acts. Yeah. And then it <laughs> picks up again, again yeah. in the book of well, Acts. Well, we get into the right. gospel of John. Then we First, get into yeah. the book of Acts. Yeah. 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 intermission. Right. <laughs> Somebody else is telling. Yeah. So there we go. That is the book of Luke. Any any thoughts? What do we think? It's a good one. I, 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 there's a lot of great stuff in, in Luke. It is not my favorite gospel, but right. it's a it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're both heavily, Patrick and I are both heavily weighted. Like, hey, we love Luke. But yeah. your, which one is your favorite? John. John. Okay. So next time, yeah, all right. <laughs> you can do this. My time next is time. my time is yeah. coming. It's yeah. Fine. yeah, yeah. I love Luke. I think it's such a great book. Great book. If you again, personal opinion. If you're gonna read one, read Luke. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark is super short. It's brisk. It's like that is a good one to read because it's like get in, get out. It's really good. Yeah. And then Luke kind of expands upon kind of Mark's teaching, and again, kind of has those social implications. Mm-hmm. And then John is good as kind of the last one to read because it's like it's a little bit like here's the story you didn't hear yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like uh so it, it has kind of that same you know G- jesus but let me tell you all the things that are that are not in the other ones yeah yep. like he's very conscious of like i know the gospels that have already been written yep. you don't need a rehash right. of what's already right. out there yeah we usually rank these but i i mean it's gospel it's two, it's two thumbs, two thumbs. Yeah. yeah so you can't not give the gospel two thumbs that feels Heresy. icky yeah. yeah yeah all right so let's t- take a deep dive into some parables yeah uh we kind Woo! of already covered uh the parable of uh the prodigal son so if you are unfamiliar jesus teaches in parables mm-hmm. i think it literally means to 
cast alongside. Uh, that's what the Greek, so to throw alongside. Yeah. And it kind of commonly means it is a story with a, sometimes a hidden meaning yeah. uh, attached to it. Um, so we might, like an Aesop's fable, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. would, would have kind of similar as a parable. What's unique about Jesus is, is they're all pretty short. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are like, Super short. <laughs> Two sentences long. Yeah. And I think parables tend to be short. I, th- yeah. I think, you know, they're not necessarily exclusively, but I think parables are not as long as other forms. And fables tend to be more um, long fantastical, well, yeah. fantastical, right? So you got like animals playing the parts of humans and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, Jesus's parables are all real life scenarios for the mo- like For the most part. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, th- there are some scenarios where we're talking about like life and death and, you know, what happens after death. But we don't have rabbits talking to tortoises or crickets talking to ants or anything like that. Grasshoppers, sorry. Yeah. Grasshoppers talking to ants. Yeah. Best opportunity. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and because some of these are really short and there's not a ton of like, you know, to dissect or kind of get into, I think it's really interesting. You know, when it comes to reading the parables of Jesus, I think for the most part, kind of the clear meaning is probably the meaning that you would want to kind of focus in on the most. Uh, and by clear, I'm, Clear can be subjective, right? But like, I wouldn't get too worked up into like, if there's a king, it's like, who does that king represent? Mm-hmm. Not everything has like a one-to-one corollary in kind of like how Jesus is teaching. So the parable of the prodigal son uh, maybe represents uh, the father is God. The prodigal son is kind of the rebellious, broken Gentiles. The older son is the pious Israelites. That's an easy kind of uh, mm-hmm. understanding. But some of them, it's like there's a king, there's a guy who's in charge of his finances. It doesn't necessarily mean like the king is always God. Sometimes it is, but it's not yeah. us. Sometimes, it, again, it, it's more like here's a sense of kind of the kingdom I bring in this world. You can dissect these, but I, sometimes I feel like the further you dive into it, the more confusing it can become. I, th- so. I think that's fair. I think there are two other things for us to remember with parables in particular, right? The first is that parables are not told as like moralistic tales. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, like a fable has a clear lesson at the end of it, right? The tortoise and the hare, you know, slow and steady rinse the race. That's the, supposed to be the lesson that we're supposed to take away from it. Um, fable or uh, Parables don't have that, right? So Jesus tells these parables so that it is up for interpretation with intention, right? So yeah. that so that the Holy Spirit can work uh, within the hearing of the parable and within the context of the parable so that a parable that's told 2,000 years ago can still apply today. Yeah. Um, and there was a second piece that I forgot. Let's see. It was that and then something else. You talk and then I'll come back to it. I was going to say sort of a similar thing that it's really from, I guess, from a, a writer perspective to me, it's really interesting that Jesus chose to teach this way in parables, right? Yeah. Which are short stories, basically. Because it would be a lot simpler and I think probably the church would have liked it quite a bit better if he had just said this is how it is. This is mm-hmm. the way the kingdom of God works. X, mm-hmm. Y, Z. You know, check your boxes. But he didn't. He chose to to tell this story, which is in in doing so, he invites people to interact with that, right? It's it becomes much more of like a listener response, right? Yeah. Uh, thing, and it's you know one thing when you write uh, anything and when you put it out into the world, interpretation is going to play a key yeah. role in that, right? And everybody yep. is going to interact with that story in a different way. And they're just saying that no two people read the same book, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that he did that, and I you know I assume that choice was intentional. 
which I think raises a lot of interesting implications yeah. about faith to yeah. me. Yeah, so. absolutely. The, the second thing, just to kind of uh, continue off of that same thought, right, is that no one parable contains the fullness of the story either, right? right. Yes. Even in uh, Patrick's metaphor of the lake, right, with the, the crystal clear vision that we get from perhaps this one version of the story, it's not the whole mm-hmm. lake, right? You're not seeing the whole thing. Uh, and so we, we have to read all the parables I don't want to say you have to bring them all together, but you can't assume that you have a full picture of God because you've read one parable. Right. Uh, mm. Yeah. I, I agree completely. Yeah. And and they're, they're told to people, usually farmers, shepherds, mm-hmm. simple people. Jesus is telling simple stories, yeah. usually about farmers and shepherds, you know, like things that they would kind of like encounter on their day to day, you yeah. know, like that. So again, um, it, one of the things that's, that's hard for the Bible sometimes as Americans is we were not there. We're in, we didn't grow up in that culture. Sure. We weren't original listeners. And so sometimes we have to do a little bit extra work to think like, what would the original hearers hear? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, would, what would have stood out to them? All right. Well, do you have a favorite parable? Elise, what do you got? The Good Samaritan. Mm. That is a great one. Classic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jesus highlighting, answering the question, well, who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, because he gets asked that question, who's my neighbor? I'm supposed to love my neighbor. Who's that? And Jesus tells a story mm-hmm. uh, where... Ultimately, the hero of the story is the Samaritan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who was not Jewish. That's like yes. if we were wondering what a Samaritan is, because now we have like Samaritan hospital and things like that. But yeah. Samaritans were not Jewish people. Right. Yeah. And Jews and Samaritans did not get along. Yeah. yeah. They're the, they're like the cousins of the Jews. Yeah. But like, you know, there's other similarities, but they're like, no, no, we don't like those people. Right. Yeah. And Jesus is like, yeah, in this parable, they're the, they're the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just you should be nice to to the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. It's highlighting the Samaritans are nice to you. And like, it's a, it's a really powerful story. And, you know, even like, interesting enough, Jesus flips that question at the end, who is the neighbor, like in this story? And the audience can't even say the good Samaritan at the end. It's mm-hmm. like, they can't even bring <laughs> themselves to say yeah. a Samaritan. Yeah. Like they have to say, like <clears throat> dance around and be like the one who was nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. That one but that you said I think that's previously. actually a really helpful thing to remember too, right? That all these parables are told in context of something that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm sure there are some, but Jesus rarely sits down and just says, here's a parable, mm-hmm. right? Somebody asks him a question or something happens or something's mm-hmm. going on and Jesus responds to that situation in a parable. So often if we just pull the parable out without looking at what's happening yeah. around it, we're missing a piece of it as well. Yeah. 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 That is a great a great reminder that our neighbor is sometimes those we don't like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Jesus is asking us as part of that upside down kingdom to treat mm-hmm. them with love, kindness, respect, and to seek their good. Yeah. So like that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I think it's, I forget who asks him this or who prompts this, but when he says, when Jesus says, uh, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. To me, like it's all there, right? Like yeah. it comes right back to this parable. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like it. Pastor David, do you have a favorite parable? I have a, a new favorite, uh, you know, it bounces around, but one that I was working with recently comes from actually from the Gospel of Matthew. And it's, uh, I think Luke has a version of this one as well, but it's the parable of the unforgiving servant. It's Matthew 18. Okay. Um, and this one, for me, the context was what I was realizing about it uh, recently. And so uh, the context is that she's been doing this long teaching about uh, forgiveness. Uh, and uh, then we get him, or Peter saying, well, how many times do I really have to forgive? And Jesus says, well, 77 times seven times. Right? Basically, you always have to forgive. You have to keep forgiving. And then Jesus launches into this parable. And the parable is the story of a guy who is forgiven an insurmountable debt by his uh, boss, right? A, a, a debt that would have taken him hundreds of lifetimes to repay. He's forgiven the debt and it's completely wiped away. And then he walks out uh, and finds a friend who owes him like 
20 bucks and like shakes him down and says, you got to pay me. You got to pay me. And the friend's like, uh, just give me time. I'll pay you. And it's like, nope. And throws him and his whole family in jail. And then people uh, turn him into his boss saying, hey, uh, you forgave this guy. And then look what he did. And the boss comes back and like, look at all everything that I had forgiven you. Shouldn't you have done the same? And yeah, I think it's a powerful or powerful uh, thing for us to consider. Like, what does it mean for us to forgive out of the forgiveness we have been yeah. given? That's yeah. a great one too. Yeah. Yeah. I like, um, you know, they're all, they're all pretty good. Some of them are, again, are interesting. Mm-hmm. Some of them are confusing. Yeah. Um, but I like, uh, there's one story where Jesus goes to the people and he's like, Hey, I need some workers in the vineyard or the parables yep. of landowner goes, I need some workers for the vineyard. Oh, that's a great one. And so people are like, Hey, I'll do it. And yeah. they're like, great. You're going to work all day. Here's the pay. And they're like, cool. I'm in. Deal. And then, then they realize, Oh, that we don't have enough workers. So at noon he goes, gets more workers. Uh, then at three, he gets more workers. And then right before closing time, the landowner goes to get more workers. And then he's like, great. It's payday. Let's pay everybody. And he pays the people who have been there all day yep. a day's wage. Ooh. And the people who have been there half the day a day's wage. Uh-huh. And the people who have been there a quarter of the day a day's wage. And the people who have been there like 20 minutes a day's wage. Uh-oh. And the first people are like, this isn't fair. I worked all day. Why yep. would they get it at all? And Jesus is like, or the landowner, not Jesus, is like, uh, we, agree- <laughs> we agreed to this. Why are you mad that I'm generous with my money? Yeah. Basically, you did oh what was agreed about. Why would you be mad about my generosity? Mm-hmm. And it's a, you know, again, I see, read this as a reminder of like some of us maybe spend our entire lives figuring out this journey of what it means to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. who sometimes comes at a cost. Yeah. And some people don't. <laughs> yeah. Who live exactly as they want, whenever they want, doing whatever they want. And then at the end, Jesus can still give us the exact same thing. And that is eternal life with him. And who am I to say that's not fair? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if Jesus is telling me straight up, this is what it's going to look like. Who am I to say that's not fair? It's all up to Jesus. What Jesus is going to do is what Jesus is going to do. Uh, so it's easy to be like, well, it's not fair that a deathbed convert happens and they get to go to heaven when I've been trying to do you know, follow Jesus my whole life. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's not what this is about. You got to be a part of the kingdom of God your whole life. Mm-hmm. Why would you be upset? Yeah. 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 If you're upset, maybe you didn't quite understand what the kingdom of God was all about. Like mm. zing. So yeah. All right. So those are some of our favorite parables. Go check out the gospel of Luke. Yeah. Give it a read. And then, uh, if you start reading now, you could easily finish before Easter. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> In two in two long. weeks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> finished in like an hour and a half. And it's treat yourself you than an hour and a half. Treat yourself to some ice cream and think about groundhogs. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you're feeling a little unsettled, think about groundhogs. That could yeah. be a parable of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Devin Jesus will give us some new parables. Maybe you're... I'm dying to know who came up with that. The groundhogs. I think about groundhogs the, oh, I thought you were like saying a... like the parables of Jesus. I'm no. like, I'm pretty sure Jesus well, came up with those. I get yeah. that one. Yeah. Talk about the groundhogs. Like a third grader groundhogs. in California. So. Groundhogs. <laughs> well, thanks. Anyways, I love it. Well, since we're talking about groundhogs, if you liked this episode, uh, you can find this and all of its uh, companion <laughs> episodes uh, at BeyondSundayPodcast.com. Not one of those other. Beyond Not the imposters, right? Uh, I, I, Just w- us. I don't want to give you the wrong address, but it, it is the. BeyondSundayPodcast.com. Don't actually type in the the because that's not part of the <laughs> website, but it's BeyondSundayPodcast.com. Uh, you can send us your thoughts on uh, your favorite parable or uh, what you would say if you were giving someone a pep talk over the phone. Uh, you can send that to us at BeyondSundayPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in and listen to it and not uh, be a grumpy Gus here like Pastor David. You could. Yeah. <laughs> you could. All right. Thanks for listening, buddy. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.